To those listening, welcome, as we explore wonders and mysteries and journey into the realm of unknown. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Realm of Unknown, your paranormal podcast that we talk about all sorts of spooky, creepy stuff from all over the world. But if you are new here, or if you are a returning guest, uh, my name is Shane, I am your host here, and this is actually a side series that we are doing here at Realm of Unknown. This is the second episode of The Mix. The first one was last week, and today's the second. (laughs) Uh, Essentially what it is, if you have been following along with the show, it's a trend of mine to do stories that are either based in or associated with the state of Pennsylvania, which is the state that I call home, the state that I grew up in. It is the area that I am most familiar with, and it is an area that has a lot of creepy stories to it. It has a lot of history to it, and it has a lot of just bizarreness. PA is weird, wonky, and messed up in a lot of ways, and uh, I just want to cover some of the stories that makes PA so bizarre overall. And we used to do a lot of discussion episodes in relation to that stuff here uh, on the main feed of the show which is typically our weekend uploads. And I I tried to push it a bit more, and then I kind of went back on that decision because ultimately I want to talk about so many different things and I want to do so many different topics. And it's really hard to do topics if it, you're restricting yourself to only one state when there's so many interesting, fun things that are out there. They don't have to do with PA. have nothing to do with this state whatsoever. So I took the summer to kind of figure out and formulate things. And this is how we came about having the new sub-series of the Keystone Curiosities here at Realm of Unknown. And if you're not familiar with state, you know, abbreviated titles or whatever the moniker is, I guess, of states in the United States. Uh, Each one has a name to it. Uh, New Jersey is the Garden State. I don't know all the others (laughs) by heart. Um, But they do have names to them, and if you live in the state, you typically know your state's uh, moniker. And PA's is Keystone, the Keystone State. And don't ask me what it means. I don't know what that means. And I don't really know if everyone knows what that means. But it is what it is, and uh, yeah, so this is the Keystone Curiosity Series, and today we are going to be delving into a story that I'm sure you probably have heard of if you have listened to Paranormal Stories. It is definitely one that people up here in the East Coast uh, most likely have mentioned on their show, and this is the Twin Tunnels of Downingtown, which... If you are not familiar with Downingtown and the area in which I am referring to, Downingtown, PA, is a bureau. Borough, I always want to say bureau. It's a borough in uh, Chester County, which is here in PA, not too far from Philadelphia. If you can kind of envision, if you've been to the Philadelphia area, of PA, uh, it's around 30 miles to the west of Philly. Um, it's out in the western suburbs, down in Chester County. 
it's you know it's just a typical like suburban ish type location in PA. They're all fairly samey uh, in the sense of town feel and layout. But you know it's one of those typical towns here in PA that have colonial roots, sort of small townish, kind of biggish suburb type vibe. It's it's kind of weird to describe, but you probably have a town near you that honestly has the same look and feel as towns here but yeah so that is downingtown and the downingtown tunnels in specific are a thing that even if you mention it to locals they will most likely know and most likely either have a story themselves or have heard of a story to give it a kind of eerie vibe to it so the tunnels themselves were actually railroad tracks that ran through hills in the area and right now they are pretty much abandoned. Um, there is some minor foot traffic to the area, primarily from like fishermen, explorers, teenagers who go there, hikers, etc. It's for the most part, though, they have been abandoned for several decades. Uh, they have been graffitied. They're you know, bricks are kind of deteriorating. It's kind of just an abandoned site out in the woods. That, again, has very minimal foot traffic to it. And part of the reason as to why the abandoned tunnels are so creepy and why there is so much legend surrounding them, we will talk about some of the real-life occurrences, but just for the aesthetic feel of it. Uh, again, it's out in the woods. It's out in a more wooded area where, come nighttime, it gets very creepy. And the tunnels themselves actually bend into the hills that they're built into. And this causes a variety of illusions based off of how they were constructed. Uh, because of the bend, you are not able to actually see the opposite side of the tunnel. Therefore, it feels as though the tunnel just goes on forever, especially at nighttime when it's just pitch black void in front of you. And even though it is pitch black, there are moments in which there are vague glimpses of light. Uh, this is due to the fact that the tunnel actually has slats uh, inserted on the top of the hill, uh, allowing for airflow. This is, again, back when it was railroad stuff and being constructed, uh, mainly for airflow and for light to kind of bleed down into the tunnels. However, it also causes the illusion that when the light kind of splits the darkness, it makes it feel as though there are two paths ahead of you, even though you're just heading down the main tunnel. And all this sort of weird vibiness to it, along with it being abandoned for so long, has created this pretty much perfect combination of just an odd, eerie location where stories begin to develop. And the Twin Tunnels are pretty much a perfect example of where local legends become urban legends and these ones in particular are ones that if you're from the region if you're from pa if you're from the jersey you know delaware tri-state area if you're from the east coast you've probably heard of these legends if not you probably have heard something similar to it because it's something that kind of extends elsewhere uh, but if you are definitely from the immediate surrounding states you've likely heard some version of these stories uh, so we'll get into those right now and one of the most well-known urban legends in association to the twin tunnels is that of a distraught young woman who 
content warning, a lot of these have to do with hangings and suicides. Uh, she hung herself. Her story allegedly is taking place in the late 1800s to early 1900s in which she gave birth out of wedlock and out of shame and being run out of her house, I guess. Committed suicide out of one of those shafts up at the top of the hill. Uh, a lot of the eeriness comes from the shafts. So she killed herself and she died when her neck was broken by the rope and when she killed herself she was also holding her newborn infant which unfortunately upon her death fell down to their death into the tunnels and many people claim to see her body in particular swinging in the darkness which is very eerie as well as hearing the cries and wails of an infant echoing throughout the tunnels while they explore it at night. There is another story of a man who hanged himself within the shafts, and in particular with him, which I think is really disturbing, uh, you hear his death rattle echoing through the tunnels, and if you're not familiar with what a death rattle is, skip like a few seconds and keep that innocence, but a death rattle is essentially the last noises and groans that leave the body at the moment of death so it's essentially i must i believe it has something to do with like gases or like muscles relaxing and your body is literally just like giving up like it's dead it, it's little it's a rather disturbing phenomenon <laughs> But moving on, uh, there is also another infamous spirit. Uh, this one in particular is a man who is shrouded in darkness. He's pretty much described as a, a shadow person, essentially, who roams the tunnels pretty much aimlessly, back and forth, back and forth. And there are two versions as to who this person might be. The first is that he is an Irish railroad worker, uh, during the time in which the railroads were being constructed through the tunnels, uh, there was a group of Irish workers who unfortunately died when their portion of the tunnel collapsed in on them. So this individual is believed to have been one of those victims. The other story, which is kind of odd, but bear with me, uh, is that the spirit that is spotted is the father who beat his son to death, and then hid the son's body in the tunnels. It's weird. Uh, legend goes that once he died, now he is forced to roam the tunnels. It's a little bizarre uh, as to why the father is the one doing it, but it's one of the versions of the stories to explain what this shadow person is. And there is a wire that runs between the two tunnels, uh, and supposedly there, again, another man hung himself the legend goes that if you were to drive through the tunnels, turn off your lights. This is a very, very common trope in locations that you can visit. Turn off your lights and roll down your windows. You can begin to hear someone walking down the tunnel as if they're, you know, walking through puddles. They're walking onto the dirt and it's followed by the snap of a wire suddenly going taut. So... It's an interesting phenomena. Uh, it's something that is relatively common if you go to haunted locations, like crybaby bridges have ones where 
your car gets pushed up if you leave it uh other ones have it so that you get like fingerprints on your windows it's some sort of weird trope of going to places with your car and then having paranormal stuff occur there i don't know it's weird it's just interesting it's just you know it's weird and finally this is a more in-depth story this individual spirit is supposedly also associated with the location however it's not too cut and dry or uh you know set in stone it's a bit more debated however the story that occurs is very much real it's a true crime that's pretty much infamous within the lore of the twin tunnels and uh we'll get into this because this is the discovery of a murdered woman who was stuffed into a suitcase that pretty much is the sparking reason as to why the tunnels are so you know bombarded with urban legends her mysterious death and the continued mystery of who she is in the forensic sense uh is pretty much i would say the cornerstone of the tunnels legends so forensic wise uh upon her discovery she was discovered by a fisherman um i believe do i not write this down oh she was discovered by a fisherman and i believe this was in 1995 she was discovered in the suitcase not all of her was discovered in the suitcase only bits and pieces she had been dead upon investigation for anywhere between three to seven days prior to being discovered she was estimated to be between the ages of 17 and 40 which is a rather large gap uh she was either white or hispanic they don't know which is weird and she was estimated to be uh five foot three inches along with being 130 pounds there was no sign of sexual assault on her body and her legs had been appeared to be severed after she was killed um they discovered her torso up in the suitcase and her death seemed to have taken place elsewhere near the creek, uh, the Brandywine Creek that runs not too far from the tunnels. And also, again, where uh, the suitcase was discovered by a fisherman. Uh, she had no tattoos or visible scars, so no identificative markers on her body. She had no identification, such as a driver's license or ID, with her as well. And her fingerprints did not match any found in the database around the country at that time and for a while. The summer heat and the water of the creek did uh, escula- uh, uh, escalate pardon me, the decomposition process, and it made her even harder to identify because of that. And there were no leads to go off of. This was just a really sudden, out-of-the-blue type thing that, again, is still a mystery. But that does not mean that you know, stuff did not come of this. The story does continue seven months after the fisherman discovered the body. Another piece of the puzzle did come out, and this was in January of 1996. A jogger in the area had uh, come across the victim's severed legs about 50 miles away from Brandywine Creek. Again, keep in mind that this area is 30 miles away from Philly, so that's still roughly like an hour drive so the legs were almost like an hour and a half away elsewhere in the woods similar to the head and the torso uh, they had been wrapped in garbage bags and also uh, another 
trash bag nearby contained the woman's uh, or girl's uh, clothing. Medical examiners were not able to match the legs, however, to the torso with DNA. Due to, again, the uh, decomposition, this was seven months later, but the severed right leg bone did fit into the hip uh, joint of the torso. So they did identify them as coming from the same Jane Doe. Uh, The press at the time dubbed her the suitcase Jane Doe, and the suitcase moniker is actually something very deeply tied to the area of the Twin Tunnels because there was a very infamous uh, graffiti there of a suitcase with an arm coming out of it and the cartoon words, help me, uh, with an uh, air bubble out of the suitcase. So the mystery has pretty much from that point onwards been a point of contention and frustration and disappointment for law enforcement who are involved. They still don't fully know what is going on with this person. In 1997, they commissioned Frank Bender, a forensic sculpture uh, sculptor in Philadelphia, to create a clay reconstruction of the woman's face, so we do have that bust. In his most famous creation was John Litz, who was murdered by his family. Uh, if you know of that case, I don't know if you know him. It was aired on America's Most Wanted, so perhaps you know him that way. But they did that. They also commissioned an image of the suitcase, Jane Doe, and police hoped that this would spark the public's interest in the case. Again, this was two years after she was discovered. And while the police did receive a lot of calls over the time uh, due to the publication of the Bender photograph of the bust, none of them led anywhere promising, unfortunately. And over the past 23 years, uh, at least as of when this uh, information I was gathering came from, because there isn't really too much more new stuff, but she would be, this would be the 25th or 6th anniversary, I believe, uh, of her discovery. Uh, The police have appealed to the public repeatedly since that time for information. Uh, The case, again, was featured on America's Most Wanted twice, Uh, Investigators say that all the tips and all the follow-ups they got, unfortunately, never led to any solid leads. Although there is some glimmer of hope, in the year uh, 2000, there was some potential that the victim matched the dental records from a possible missing woman in Virginia. However, the physical descriptions of the two women, uh, the missing woman in Virginia and the Jane Doe that popped up here in PA, unfortunately don't match up super well. So it's kind of like a dead lead, but it's again, it's a possible outcome. We just still don't know. And unfortunately, the suitcase Jane Doe case remains a mystery to this day and is continuing to be a reason as to why the Legend of the Twin Tunnels of Downingtown continues on to this day. And yeah, that is the Twin Tunnels of Downingtown here in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. I hope you guys enjoyed another glimpse into the strange bizarreness that is the state of PA. And let me know if you have any, you know, stories of your own, any weird tunnels or roads down where you live that might have some haunted stories or unfortunate true crime associations with them i'd love to hear them there's a lot of weird roads out there uh we've discussed a lot on this show and uh 
yeah, I hope you guys had a great time. Uh, if you do want to check out more stuff from Realm of Unknown, you can uh, check out the Patreon and help support the show at patreon.com forward slash Realm of Unknown. You can do so with a one, three, and five dollar tier list that gets you behind the scenes goodies, extra bonus episodes after every main installment of the podcast. We just did one over on about the Summerton man and the new discovery about what his potential identity is, another true crime thing, uh, along with monthly polls and other behind the scenes goodies from investigations and stuff that I am working on in the background. If you can't do so financially, I totally understand, but support for the podcast really does go a long way. So if you could leave a five-star review on wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever platform you prefer to listen to that allows you to leave reviews, it would be greatly appreciated. Obviously, I would prefer a five-star, but I do understand if there needs to be some uh, creative critiques going on (laughs) within the reviews. Just be nice. Be nice. Uh, otherwise, though, you can find us on social media, Realm of Unknown, pretty much everywhere, whatever social platform you're on, I'm pretty much there. So just search Realm of Unknown. If you see my little skull face and the orange letters, that's me. Otherwise, there's a book out there with a very similar name, so avoid that. <laughs> Although, I don't know, apparently it's a good book, uh, but I do outbeat him in Google searches now. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I hope you guys had a great time, and I hope you enjoyed another installment into the Keystone Curiosity series here at Realm of Unknown. And until next time, guys, remember to stay spooky. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Oh.